Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. listening to more than a season podcast with Ashley and Brittany join us as we walk through what life is like supporting someone within the sports industry real authentic behind the scenes look at what the support system experiences but no one discusses grab a drink sit back and listen because we are about to get real hey you yeah you stop listening press pause and if you're on apple podcasts scroll down to the ratings and reviews select five stars and give us a review And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We are back and with another wonderful episode, we have a special guest and we're going to hand it on over to her to introduce herself. Hello, my name is Lindsay Pasternak. My husband is Joe Pasternak and he is the head men's basketball coach at UC Santa Barbara. We have two kids, a son Joe the fourth who's 14 and a daughter Lily who's 10. We've been in Santa Barbara since 2017 and prior to that we were at the University of Arizona, University of New Orleans, and Calvert. Wow that is a lot of all across the board I feel like. I was just thinking to myself I was like okay she's got California great weather And then still kind of hot Arizona, and then you're just going all over the map. So I kind of want to go back to the beginning. We always like to dive deep into where the story started because most of us don't usually just dive in and say, I'm going to date a coach and we're going to get married. So where did y'all meet? How did that whole um, journey begin? Give us a little bit of a backstory. We met... Really, as I was finishing college, Joe was a video coordinator at Cal Berkeley, and my brother, Roxy Bernstein is his name, he happened to be the play-by-play guy for the Cal basketball team. I grew up a huge Cal fan. My family would go to all the football games, all the basketball games. It was a really big deal with our family, so Roxy and Joe became friends. My family would go to the game still, and Joe got to meet my family before I had ever met him. And he was new in town, had just graduated college, wanted to meet some girls or whatever. So my mom was actually setting her him up with some of her friend's kids because I, mean, I went to school at University of Arizona. I was living in Tucson. And um, so she was setting him up with like daughters of her friends or, you know, people that they knew because we're born and raised in the Bay Area and knew a lot of people. Really, we met for the first time. I came home for the holidays and he had come over to uh, my mom's house for a holiday dinner. And that was really the first time we met. And I had had another boyfriend at the time and I was still living in Tucson. I think I had graduated, but I stayed because I had a boyfriend there. And then when I had gotten a job back in the Bay Area, that's kind of when we connected and started dating kind of all through my brother and my family. But I mean, it really was my whole family had met him before I did, which is kind of funny. That's awesome because then your family already knows him and likes him. Obviously, your mom liked him because she was trying to set him up with other people. (laughs) So it's kind of like works in. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting way (laughs) to start it up. So when you first met him and you're like, okay, now we're going to start dating. Like this is actually going to happen. You guys are football fans and and of course like sports fans. But did you know anything about like the coaching world? Uh, No. (laughs) Like I thought I knew a lot about basketball until I really – got like entrenched in it. I didn't. 
I didn't know what it was be. You know, he was always very honest about it. And he said, if we are together, we are not going to be here the whole time. Like, you know, at the time things were great. My whole family was there. He was at Cal, the school I always, you know, cheered for and everything. And it was, I mean, I knew down the road, you kind of see what the profession is. And so I knew we'd be leaving at some point, but yeah, no, I did not. So then what was that like first transition like then when you actually were like, okay, we're not going to be in my hometown. We're not going to be near my family and my friends. And now we have to like uproot. Right. So he was at Cal. He was there for nine years. Um, We got married in 2004. And in 2006, we had um, our son, Joe. So I was living in the Bay Area, family around everything. A job came open at the University of New Orleans. I think he was like 29 years old. He didn't get it that time around, but he like formed a bond with the athletic director at the University of New Orleans. And then Katrina happened in New Orleans. And the next year, the coach that had gotten the job there left. And the athletic director called him and was like, you're my guy, come home, because he's from New Orleans. So I took my one-year-old and moved to New Orleans. So it was like really hard in the sense of like I was leaving my family and all that, but I had his family was in New Orleans, but it was the year after Katrina. The city was still like decimated and it was a really hard transition initially because in that first year of a head coach, you're trying to get your program, you're trying to hire staff and try to, and his family had lost their home in the floods and they had like gutted it and treated it in this one neighborhood. And his parents were like, we'll give you the house. You guys just redo it. And I said to him, I go, Joe, I I can't stay here. I can't live in this house, in this neighborhood where there's still refrigerators like on the lawns next to us. Like, I need to be around people because you're never home. And I'll be so like miserable with my baby here at home if I'm not around people. So we didn't end up doing that. We moved to another part of town. And I ended up In the end, absolutely loving New Orleans. We met some of our bestest friends there, had an incredible experience, but it was definitely a culture shock and it was definitely a huge adjustment for this California girl moving south. Yeah, I think just thinking of all that, that is a lot to take in and especially being a new mom at the time, that's a lot. And then going to an area that has a lot of heartbreak going on and having that atmosphere just around you 24-7, but I do want to know you mentioned that you told your husband like hey I have to be around people that you know I can associate with that I can hang out with and some kind of positive atmosphere for yourself did you figure that out like as time went on or was that just something that you were like I know I need this because most of the time it takes a couple moves and you realize oh okay like if I'm gonna meet people and not be by myself like I've got to have these people so how did you figure that out so quickly well the neighborhood was like black at night there were no lights no one was living there it was sad and so that's when I was like I just need to be in a populated area initially our son was one so I looked you know for a local preschool I mean I knew I had to start going and and in this coaching wife life, you are a single parent. I mean, everything I do, I'm doing solo. And it's kind of just the way it is. And so I, I figured that out, even in our years of dating of the four kids, I kind of do my thing. He does his thing. It's a lot easier when there's not kids to come together and make it work. But I just kind of knew what I needed to make it feel like home. And that's kind of 
set my path. Yeah, I feel like that's that's so important where you said like you knew what you needed because I think as Ashley mentioned, a lot of us like, you know, you don't really understand what you need until you're like already knee deep in it and you're like, oh crap, I did not want this. <laughs> but you knew like, okay, I'm going to be doing this by myself and I'm going to be, you know, by myself a lot of the time. So with that, I kind of want to dive into the kids piece a little bit more because we don't have children. So we like to be able to dive into that with other people that have been through it. What was that like when you know, you were trying to raise your kid and then your husband would come home and maybe things would like completely shift with your routine. What did, what did that look like? And how did you kind of balance things at that point? It's no different now than it was then in the, in the sense is I kind of run my life with my kid. We do our thing, my carpools, play dates, sports, all that stuff. And when he can come in, he can come in. And when he can't, like, I get it. He's not present. He can never coach the kids, you know, athletic teams. He, you know, he's gone for a lot of birthdays. My daughter was born during the season. I think he was there for the delivery and on a plane that night. You know, it's just crazy things like that. But it's, it just becomes the norm. You know, there's a lot of people that think, oh, he's a coach. He only works a few months a year. You know, there's not much to him. They don't understand the recruiting that goes with it, keeping the kids on top of their academics, just everything that, you know, college athletics entail. Um, yeah, so it's just kind of, that's how we operate. I run the show with my kids. We do our thing. And if he tries to come home and screw up my schedule, I'm like, ah, ah, ah. you need to go, like, this is how things work for us. And you're not coming in and screwing up how I'm making it work. That's a wonderful answer, just because it's funny we ask on the interviews that we've done if it's, you know, fun dad comes home and then everything is just all over the place and you're used to having your schedule, you know, day to day. And so I think that's funny that you have a, you know, this is my space and my routine that I'm doing. Right. Yeah. And so right. I, do I mean, I also think, have to think about it. And through the years, my kids are a little older now, but when my kids were younger, I mean, my husband is on the phone I'm sure probably like your husband and boyfriend on the phone nonstop. and he used to come home you know when my kids were little and he would just walk through the door still on the phone and then get mad if the kids spoke because he didn't want whoever he was on the phone with to hear you know his conversation so I would say to him do not come into this house until you're ready to greet your children like my daughter would be standing at the door like, daddy, ready to hug him and everything. And he's like, walk right past her because he's on the phone. And I'm like, now that they're older, they get it. But at the younger age, when they're four, five, six, seven, you know, they didn't really understand. And they just were happy daddy was home for dinner and wanted to give him a hug. And, you know, so there were things that we, you know, through the years, you kind of work through and be like, you have to think before you come in this house, you have to realize what you're coming into and what's expected of you. And if you need to finish a phone call, stay in your car until you finish a phone call. I think that's a good rule just because I feel like even with Carson and I, we do that. I mean, he will be on the phone here and there, but if I'm in the house relaxing or something like I don't really want to hear the recruiting calls like on loud so I'm always like can you please just like finish that like in mm -hmm. your space right. so I completely get that and I I do want to ask more with the raising children when kids go to school kids talk to each other and it's not the same lifestyle growing up where you know your kids and dads get to go to everything there's like all these things that go on right. so what what did you explain to your kids like besides you know this is just his job well my son who's like 
idolizes every player on our team and like goes to as many practices as he can and all that. He he got it from a young age. My daughter, she, as she's gotten older, she's started to understand more of kind of what it entails and why daddy can't be there. And it's just daddy's always working. But some interesting things that are kind of funny, but really that occur because we're in this life. When my son was probably like four or five, we were at an away game. This is when we were at New Orleans and I had taken him to an away game. And the student section at the away game started heckling my husband. And they're like, ah, Joe Pasternak. Da, da, da. Well, my son's name is Joe Pasternak. And so he kept like looking at me going, mommy, why are they screaming at me? Like, mommy, what, you know? So it was just funny. Like they, it, that was kind of like a, you know, an aha moment for him of like, the, the student section and the hecklers and all that. But another thing that um, I really, we had dealt with a little bit with my son on social media, but it just happened to us in the NCAA tournament. We were playing in Indianapolis and we lost a heartbreaker in the last second. And there's this online um, social media account, Bleacher Report. And so on Bleacher Report with 15 million viewers, they had my kid's picture that they had put up on their like Instagram feed. And so my son who's 14 and follows it. He was like, well, he was like, oh my God, we're on Bleacher Report. And then he was like, oh my God, Lily, you're my daughter, you're on Bleacher Report. And then he started to read some of the comments that people were writing under the pictures. And it wasn't like, you know, I mean, we it was pictures of my kids, like literally as we were losing the game. So they were like, just looked so sad. And one of them was like, cry, baby, cry, like to my daughter. And then another one, they made like a rude comment about the size of her ears, but it was just because her mask that she, anyway, but it was kind of like, she's like, mommy, I'm being bullied, you know, like, and she didn't know. I mean, she's 10, you know? So it was kind of just a teaching moment to explain to them, like why this is happening. And because of daddy's job, you know, it puts him more in the public eye and these people don't know you and they're not, you know, saying it they don't think of the person they're talking about. They're just making stupid comments. So really, you know, it showed the power of social media and it really kind of, you know, we had to sit down about thickening your skin. And if this is, this is the lifestyle we're in and you have to have a thick skin and understand that daddy's going to be scrutinized no matter where he is. And along with that comes us. Yeah, that's so tough. I feel like every time we talk to people or kids, we've talked, we've interviewed like a couple coaches, kids and things like that. And the fact that you have to like even deal with that and like ingrain that in them is so foreign to me as, you know, I was growing up. I never had, no one cared about my parents talking about them in social media or anything like that or in the news. So it's such an interesting concept and people are so mean online and not to your face. So it's like you have to be able to build that thick skin with that, did you guys like have any conversation with them about moving and things like that too when they were younger? Um, as far as moving, my son, cut, you know, it just has always come with the territory. We moved when he was five and then again when he was like 10. But the last move was exciting. Daddy got a head coaching job, you know, he's getting his own program, blah, blah. blah. So that was like a really exciting move. And, and my daughter had a harder time with it because she had some really close friends in Tucson and everything. But you know, the kids, they, to be honest, they're really resilient at that young age. They're fine. They're going to adapt. It sounds more traumatic, I think, than it is because there are so many in this lifestyle. There's so many ups and downs and, you know, changes and everything. And so it just, just kind of comes with the territory. And 
you know, we know that there's a very good chance that one day again, you know, hopefully not for a long time, but we'd be moving again. And that's just kind of the nature of the beast. And we've raised them with them knowing that. You know, the more coaches, kids that we have interviewed, and I say kids, but they're like grown up, they've already gone through, some of them are in college. They are so mature for their age, just because they have been, you know, exposed to so many different places and meeting diverse groups and different people. And so I always think that it's amazing when these moms, you know, are saying, you know, we just kind of rolled with it because you become just so adaptable and a lot easier. And so Brittany and I talk about it a lot too, that, you know, there's a lot of take with the sports industry, but one of the things that we are always thankful for is that we get to meet people and see things and experience things that most would never, ever experience. And so I do think that that is so true that the kids just become almost adaptable to, you know, what's coming next. And so now that y'all are in um, routine, you're here in this place, I want to know, do you feel like with this program, the community, everyone that's around you, have you really felt like you've kind of soaked in, not with COVID, but just with the whole program in general, do you feel like you've kind of just set some roots? Yeah, I mean, we definitely have here. We're just finished our fourth season. It's a lot easier to do when you're winning. We've had a lot of success here, which has been great. and. Yeah, I mean, I think if we can be here for a long time, I would love to be here for a long time. I'm from California. My family's in California. Santa Barbara is amazing. The schools for our kids are great. It's just been an all-around unbelievable experience for all of us, and we have no plans of leaving anytime soon. So Santa Barbara is definitely amazing. I can speak from experience. <laughs> California is the best. So what is your favorite thing about this lifestyle? get to travel so many places that I probably never would have gotten to outside of this life and the experience you have and you know with the student athletes we become you know really close with our kids through recruitment and you know when they're here on campus and especially the international kids and kind of just you know bringing them into the fold and being part of our family and my kids growing up with them all around and it's just really truly a unique experience I mean when you think about it my son at 14 has been through everything a college student athlete can do wrong. From no matter, you know, it doesn't matter what school you're at, what level, you're still dealing with kids that get caught drunk driving or getting their girlfriend pregnant or failing a class or problems at home. And Joe might get a call in the middle of the night from who knows what, you know? So it just, it, it teaches a lot to my 14 year old, you know, has experienced a lot for his young age, which will help him as he gets older because he knows a lot of what not to do and a lot of what to do as well. What has made these kids successful? Why school is so important? You know, all those things. It's a, it's a very fulfilling lifestyle in the sense of being able to incorporate all these student athletes into your family and your life. Yeah. And I'm going to flip it on you. And I want to know what the hardest thing has been accepting this lifestyle. She's like, oh man. <laughs> it is a very, I mean, it is a it very is. hard lifestyle and I really don't wish it on anyone. I mean, you can start, I'm sure you girls experience this where your friends are probably all getting married and your husband or boyfriend can never go to the wedding with you. Or like my college friends have hardly even spent time with him just because he can never go anywhere. You know, he can never be at their weddings, be at birthdays, things like that. So that's a hard thing. You know, you're doing it all alone. You're 
obviously a team and you you're exist as a family and all that, but as the mom and as the wife of the coach, you're solo in a lot. So I think it's really independent, a really important to be independent, to have something that's yours, you know, be it a job or a craft or, you know, obviously the kids and everything, but you can get very resentful in this lifestyle. And I can tell you through many years, there's lots of ebbs and flows that are just created because of the lifestyle and you can't hold it against them because if they weren't working like they were working in the hours that they're working and putting in all, you know, the commitment to it all, they wouldn't be where they are. You know, this was his dream. I agreed to hop on board and chase his dream. And I put my career on hold way back when, and you know, it just, you just roll with it. And I, and I know that's what it is. And, but it's hard. I'm not going to, you know, as you girls know, it's a very hard lifestyle on women and a mom for sure. Yeah, I feel like, you know, you don't realize it until you're in it. And then it's hard to explain to other people that aren't in it to be like, this is hard on me. And I'm over here like trying to survive. So what have you found that you guys do to like spend time together? Because I feel like when they're so busy and then you have the kids and their activities and especially I'm sure now that they're older, there's a lot more going on. How do you guys like find time for just you two to like have that quality time? We take a lot of walks. The beach is really close. We walk on the beach a lot. I mean, that's something new that we've done since we've been in Santa Barbara, but we definitely in Tucson too, we go out to the desert, you know, there's trails and stuff. So we would do, you know, Sundays, usually Sunday mornings, we would, we would kind of do walks. And a lot of times now when he gets home from a long day or whatever, he just wants to blow off some steam. We'll just go walk around the neighborhood just to reconnect and kind of talk about the day and Our kids are at an age now that we don't need babysitters and all that. So it's much easier now than it was when they were younger. I have a random question. Basketball coaches, football coaches, everyone has their pre-game routine. Does your husband have one where he's like superstitious or something that he has to do, like wear blue socks, like has to wear them or? He naps on game day. And he is so intense. Like (laughs) he will come home. He has to have a nap in his routine, no matter if the game's at 11 a.m. or 7 p.m. And even if he has only has 15 minutes to nap, it is the most intense, solid, like 15 minutes. Like he can just shut that brain and be like, sleep now. And he'll sleep like so intensely for 15 minutes. And then he just like springs out of bed and he's ready to go. I wish that's definitely like if he doesn't get his nap in at some point, it's it's actually very strange, but <laughs> no, I, that's why I asked. Just because I mean, I would have never guessed a nap, but I'm glad that you shared that because everyone always has their thing. They're like one thing that they do. So a nap though sounds pretty good. <laughs> I feel like that's such a talent, like to be able to nap like that before a game and then feel energized. I would be like stressed. I don't know how he does it. Like literally, his head hits the pillow and he falls asleep, and then. He's like, he'll set his timer and he's jumping out of bed and like, it's crazy. But yeah. And he's never like missed his alarm or I feel like that's, that would be my worry. No. <laughs> that's so funny. So with your families and things like that, how have you guys worked like holidays and, you know, special events and things like that? Do they all pretty much understand or now do they understand? I think if you're in this life as a wife, I would not be able to make it through without my family. My mother and my brothers like they are my rock and anywhere we have been they come visit they're so supportive they you know they're very rah-rah 
everything. And that's made being in this lifestyle easier for me because I know they're always there. You know, he, he doesn't really get vacations we, and we can never plan them because you I, more so as a head coach, you can try and plan because you have more control of the schedule. But as an assistant coach, you could never plan a vacation because you don't know what's going to come until, you know, maybe the head coach says, like, if you want to go away, pick this week or something like that. So to go on vacation with my family, I have to do it without him because when he gets the time off, he wants to go see his parents, which I get because it's the only time off he gets. We're usually we're in season during the holidays. So Thanksgiving is always with basketball, whether it's at our house or, you know, we're on the road or, or whatever it is. This year, obviously, it was so unique in the sense as our kids couldn't go home for Christmas. And usually the kids can go home for a couple of days for Christmas. So we had them all. They were here. So we were here. But I usually during Christmas take a week with my kids and go with my family. And he stays. I mean, we just... That's what works. And that's the time I can get away with my family and the kids are off school. And he uses his vacation time to be with his family. So we don't we never really get like a vacation for just us four, unless it's like a long weekend or whatever. But that I mean, that's how it is. <laughs> yeah, we get that. Brittany and I spent we we've said this before on an episode, but we spent our Christmas at like resort, hotel, whatever you want to call it in Arizona for a bowl game. So oh, we definitely yeah. get that life for sure. But the bowl games are so fun too. They are fun. Yeah, I will say that. It is there are a lot of fun that comes with those trips, especially if you're winning. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so this is one of the questions that we like to ask every single episode. And you talked about waves of resentment coming in here and there. And it's true. We've talked to so many people and it's the same. You go through different chapters where you're like just trying to hang on for <laughs> the end of the season. So I do want to know, looking back, do you think that you could share some words of wisdom of how to attack that resentment or bitterness a little bit more than what you may have done in the beginning? Yeah, I think a lot of it is having your something to yourself, having your independence and having something that you can kind of put your energy into instead of just thinking all the time, like I'm doing this on my own. You know, communication is huge. And sometimes my communication might get louder than, you know, when you get really frustrated or you're, it's a lot to put on a person when you're supposed to have a partner, but the partner can never really be there to do it. And he does as much as he can. And when he is home and present with the kids, like he is home and present, but it's definitely, I would say like have some sort of outlet that is not related to the school or the team. Yeah, I love that. And we always ask this question too. If you could go back in time, like to the first time that you moved with your one-year-old and you were getting into this lifestyle really and tell yourself one thing, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of that independence. I wish my career had been different in the beginning. I was in corporate retail before we got married for many years and I was traveling a ton. Like when he was a cow, there were literally times when we'd be passing in the airport. Like he'd be coming back from a game. I'd be going off on a business trip. Like so that type of career had to give for me. And it wasn't until we were in um, Arizona, probably in 2015, I went back to school to get my esthetician license. And it's something I had always wanted to do. And I just, the time was never right. 
And I just, I needed something for myself. And so I did, I went back to school full time. I got my license and all that. And I wish I would have done that earlier because no matter where you move, you can always be an esthetician. And my license I've brought to California, but I haven't worked yet since I've been here because you want to set up the kids, get everything going. So now I'm just starting to kind of get into it. But um, yeah, I think it's definitely, I would have had a different profession. Not that I didn't love what I was doing, but it just, if I look back now, it would have made things a lot easier. I've always wanted to be an esthetician. And so maybe, maybe I just need to do it instead. You should. I mean, it was great. And you got to do it either before you have kids or when they're like in school full time. I'm so glad I did it. And I loved it. I did work in Tucson for a little bit, you know, and then you move and you're always, you know, I got my kids situated and we've actually, since we've been in Santa Barbara, we've moved four times, which has been crazy. But oh my gosh. Anyway. Yes. I, it's very worthwhile doing and it's, you can take it with you anywhere. Yeah. That's so, that's so true though. You need a job that you love that you can take different places because some of these corporate jobs, it's like, this is great. I love my job. But if we leave tomorrow, you know, I have to quit and find another job and that's stressful and all that. So that's a good, that's a good tip. Yeah. I mean, my job I had when we met, I would have never been able to do outside of San Francisco, nor would I be able to do it well because of the lifestyle. I just, something had to give. That's a good point. Just because I also think that when, you know, all of this started to come to play where you start trying to pick your career and like, you're trying to align with their goals and everything. Like in the beginning, remote working was not a thing. Like when Carson and I first started dating, that was not an option. And I remember looking at jobs and I went into a corporate sales job and, you know, I had to pick the job that I'm doing now, which I love, but it's remote. But I feel like in the beginning, this is just now a new thing that everyone's like, not just because of COVID, but it's becoming more okay to have these options, which I just think is a great, you know, transition for everything. So, but I do appreciate you sharing everything and your story and we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you guys. Yes. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this interview on More Than a Season podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at more than a season underscore women's guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.